Hey everyone, thanks for coming to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I'm Stacy the Preacher Chick, and today is day 235 of reading the Bible together every day this year. Guess what? I've been saying it for the last couple days. I'm excited. We are um, through the Old Testament. We have done a thing, friends. We have read through the Old Testament. Um, and I think I said this, if I didn't say this here, I said it in a conversation with a friend. I've really been enjoying the way this reading plan is laid out other than the days where like we have one or two chapters to read and then the next day we have five or six. That that boggles my mind and frustrates me. But, but one of the things that really confused me was when we finished reading Samuel and Kings and we skipped Chronicles and we jumped into the um, prophetic books and the poetic books. Um, I literally began to wonder, are we not going to read Chronicles? Because con- Chronicles is definitely a summary. Um, it can feel very repetitive because it's um, recounting what we've already read in Samuel and Kings and such. But I love, now that we've been through it, how we wrapped up the Old Testament with Chronicles. Because it felt very much like a tying up of, not loose ends, but kind of, Um, And just this, so in summary, here's this. And I really liked how we we closed that out. Um, So today we are beginning the New Testament. There is a great video, a great teaching video from the Bible Project that um, helps explain the Gospels. Um, I think that it's important to note as we get started in case you're not very familiar with Scripture. The New Testament is made up of um, what we call Gospels and Epistles. Um, The Gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Technically, those are the synoptic Gospels. Those are the um, three very clear um, and how they all begin and how they're laid out. And they all tell the same story from different vantage points, different um, disciples sharing their perspectives of what it was like to walk with Jesus. And and they're each to a different audience. And then you have the Gospel of John, which, yes, is a gospel, not one of the synoptic, but it is a gospel. But John's gospel um, is, is a unique perspective. So um, Matthew's gospel, we do believe, because of how it was titled and the style it was written in, was written by the disciple Matthew, the tax collector, Levi. Um, And and his letter, his gospel, was was to the Jews. Um, So a lot of the way that he presents information, the words he uses and things like that, um, were to help people of the Jewish faith um, hear and receive the, the message of Jesus and to come to know Jesus. Like I said at the, at just a minute ago, the um, each of the disciples who wrote a gospel, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, they're writing to specific people groups um, about, about Jesus. So Matthew is that. Um, also, one of the key things to note as we get going here is that... Um, Matthew's beginning, the genealogy of Jesus, mentions five women. That didn't happen back then. 
Um, I am, you know, I'm the preacher chick. You know, I'm a woman pastor. I'm not, I believe, a feminist in the traditional sense of what a feminist means or um, presents themselves. But I am a woman pastor and many times have had to try to explain to men why I can be a minister of God's word in a lead position. Um, Because too often the message that the capital C church, the global church, the worldwide church sends to women is that there's not a place that there's not, um, there's not the same value. And the fact that there are five women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus speaks volumes. Like we don't even have to go back into everything else that we normally talk about. Um, when it comes to women in scripture, I've got a whole podcast episode on that. You can go find that. Um, it was early on and it was with my friend Sarah and we talked about some of our favorite women in scripture. Anyway, I'm going to, if I keep doing this, I'm just going to keep talking and we're not going to get get into it. So today in our reading, we are, um, like I said, beginning the book of Matthew. We're going to read the first two chapters. Please watch the teaching video that will be linked in the show notes. And we're also going to read Psalm 81. Let's get going. An account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. From Abraham to David, Abraham fathered Isaac, Isaac fathered Jacob, Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers, Judah fathered Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Aram, Aram fathered Amminadab, Amminadab fathered Nation, Nation fathered Salmon, Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab. Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth. Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered King David. David fathered Solomon by Uriah's wife. That is Bathsheba, friends. Solomon fathered Rehoboam. Rehoboam fathered Abijah. Abijah fathered Asa. Asa fathered Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat fathered Joram. Joram fathered Uzziah. Uzziah fathered Jotham. Jotham fathered Ahaz. Ahaz fathered Hezekiah. Hezekiah fathered Manasseh. Manasseh fathered Amon, Amon fathered Josiah, and Josiah fathered Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah fathered Shealtiel, Shealtiel fathered Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel fathered Abiad, Abiad fathered Eliakim, Eliakim fathered Azor, Azor fathered Zadok, Zadok fathered Achim, Achim fathered Eliad, Eliad fathered Eleazar, Eleazar fathered Mathan, Nathan fathered Jacob, and Jacob fathered Joseph, the husband of Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Christ. So all generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David until the exile to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the exile to Babylon until Christ, 14 generations. So you have Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary, five women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. The other part of all of this that is a little bit interesting is for sure, Rahab and Ruth, um, these were not Jewish women. So not only were they women included in the genealogy, but Rahab and Ruth were not Jews by birth. Remember, Ruth was a Moabite woman um, who, well, anyway, this stuff gets me excited. 
I'm going to continue on. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. That is the prophecy in Isaiah. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son and named him Jesus. After Jesus was born in Beth, that was um, to make sure that there could be no question that Jesus was not born of hum fully of human um, involvement. Okay, so um, anyway. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. Here we go with another prophecy, right? And you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When, the when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with, the, with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. After they were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to kill him. So he got up took the child and his mother during the night and escaped to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod's death so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled out of Egypt. I called my son. I also think there is like this sweet redemption for Egypt that once was a place of captivity and abuse and has now become a place of refuge and safety and a place of sending out. That's pretty cool. <laughs> then Herod, when he realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they are no more. The amount of prophecies of a coming Messiah fulfilled in Jesus 
are astounding. And because there have been so many fulfilled, we know and we can believe that the ones that haven't yet will be because the ones that haven't yet are to come at the what scripture calls the end of the age kind of a thing. So after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, because those who intended to kill the child are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and entered the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the region of Galilee. Then he went and settled in a town called Nazareth to fulfill what was, the, what the, what was spoken through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. I mean, just, oh, the detail in God's plan is so exciting. All right, friends, let's read Psalm 81. Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout in triumph to the God of Jacob. Lift up a song. Play the tambourine, the melodious lyre, and the harp. Blow the horn on the day of our feast, during the new moon and during the full moon. For this is a statute for Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob. He set it up as a decree for Joseph when he went throughout the land of Egypt. I heard an unfamiliar language. I relieved his shoulder from the burden. His hands were freed from carrying the basket. You called out in distress and I rescued you. I answered you from the thundercloud. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Listen, my people, and I will admonish you. Israel, if you would only listen to me, there must not be a strange God among you. You must not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel did not obey me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own plans. If only my people would listen to me and Israel would follow my ways. I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cower to him. Their doom would last forever, but he would feed Israel with the best wheat. I would satisfy you with honey from the rock. Ah, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, when we are obedient, there is a beautiful blessing from the Lord that comes um, out of that. And you see that even in Jesus. So friends, that's it for today. I hope you have a good one. Come back tomorrow for day 237. See you then.